More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars because when cell and internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country, and tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Live from the Hoopy Insurance Services Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, The Fan, Fort Wayne, Indiana. a presentation of high school sports on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. The Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show. Learn more about the Hoopy Fieldhouse. Now available to schedule practice times for your league or team at hoopyfieldhouse.com. Now here's your host, Justin Kenny. Coaches Show. Appreciate everybody joining us here. Today, week eight edition. School Coaches Show. Plenty to talk about. Plenty to get through. Hour or so. We're going to start with Coach Kyle Lindsay. Talk to him in just a little bit. We'll also talk a little bit later on with Kyle Boer, head coach of the New Haven Bulldogs, as his team preps for a huge game coming up on Friday night, week eight, against the East Noble Knights. And believe it or not, guys, we have sectional draw coming up on Sunday, 6 o'clock. Always love to say that it's a, a 
two-hour show condensed into, or it's about like eight minutes of information condensed into about two hours. We'll find out the sectional draw for all six conferences coming up on Sunday. But we're crowning some champions, or at least shares of conference championships on Friday night. Bishop Lures could wrap up at least a share of the SAC tomorrow night against Southside at home at Lures Field. You can see the same happen with New Haven tomorrow night at East Noble. And then, of course, the ACAC, Adam Central, could definitely get it done with a road win at Bluffton, clinch at least a share of the title. So plenty to talk about, plenty to get to here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. We'll also talk to Dan Vance just a little later as he'll help us break down everything that's going on in the world of high school football here in Northeast Indiana. As we reach almost the end of the regular season, just two weeks away. Who would have thought? Because with just two weeks to go, it just feels like we just started, doesn't it? A little bit. So pretty amazing about how far we've gone, how far we've done here this season and how quick it's gone, how quick it's been here in high school football here in the state of Indiana for the 2023 season. Let's talk to Dan Vance here in just a second. Again, Kyle Lindsay in a little bit later, as well as Coach Kyle Boer of the New Haven Bulldogs. And talking about Bishop Lures and just the way they were able to win that game last week over Bishop Dwanger in the last few seconds of that game was very impressive. Particularly deciding to go for two, and hopefully we'll talk to Kyle Lindsay a little bit later about that but we're going to get it started as we always do with our buddy dan vance from outside huddle.net evening dan hey justin how's it going oh we're living the dream here on a soggy thursday glad it's not friday we haven't had to deal with any uh rain yet this year a rainy friday so knock on wood this continues yeah i think you probably just jinx it though (laughs) opening week of sectionals thing now (laughs) we'll trace it back to you we're due for one right it it always seems to do at least one and then some of those years we just get three and four and it's terrible but summer, um, pushed, summer pushed on too long this year, so now we're just getting to the rainy that's normally like week five. So hopefully that means the cold stays away until we're at Luke's soil. Uh, we just, we, at least as long as we can't have snow, that, that'd just be yeah. very bad. But uh, we're starting in the SAC tonight, Dan, and, and what we've seen out of Bishop Lewis to, to start this season, now 5-0 and in the SAC. I know there's a lot of arguments going back and forth about how fair it is that Bishop Lewis doesn't have to play Snyder or Bishop Lewer or Snyder or Carroll. But this is the same people that wanted non-conference games. You can't have both ways. You can't have a couple non-conference games and then also want everybody to play everybody in the SAC. So it's just, it is the way it is and it's quirky. And it just so happens that it could affect the SAC in year one of the new format. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is that this was talked about, you know, in, in hushed tones, you know, for years. Uh, this is what people wanted. They wanted something different. They, as much as they liked the 10-team SAC versus when it was down to eight, they also liked that freedom when there was no Elmhurst and Harding after they closed before Homestead Carroll came in. So it, everybody had wanted it uh, for a long time. It had been discussed. And so you, you got to write it out now. There are pros and cons. When you went the other way, you didn't get those non-conference games. So you kind of got to write it out. And, uh, yeah, it, it affects it at the top. It makes you kind of salivate for Lures versus Snyder. But also, I think, from a differing perspective, it makes us more excited about both Lures and Snyder going into the postseason because we haven't seen either of those teams up against each other and how they could exploit each other. So, I don't know. I think that it makes it for more intrigue at more schools uh, from URI's perspective. Do you think it takes away anything from Bishop Lures if they do the win the victory bell because they're not playing those two teams? No, not at all, and especially if they don't lose in the conference. I mean, at the end of the day, you're not playing nine conference games. You're only playing seven, but if you go 7-0 and in the SAC, uh, that's pretty impressive. And, and, yeah, they didn't play those two teams, but I don't think it takes anything away at all. This is the format. It's the way it works now. And if you go undefeated in the conference, then I don't think that you should have any shame in toting around that bell. Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. And Dan, wanted to ask you about one of those teams in the Carroll Chargers. And we were kind of questioning over several weeks about the Carroll Chargers and how they were looking uh, against Wenger, Snyder, and Wayne in particular. They were able to dominate their rival in Homestead. 41 to 20 last week. They have Northrop and Northside coming back uh, in the final two weeks of the regular season. And looking at the Carroll Chargers, particular Jimmy Sullivan, who went over 400 total yards last week, is Carroll back on track when we look at making a potential run in 6A once again, or is there more that you want to see? Yeah, I think there's definitely more that you want to see because you want to see the consistency that we haven't had from Carroll like we saw last year. I think we got a little spoiled. Carroll was just a really solid, consistent team every week. Jimmy Sullivan was, you know, surprisingly as a sophomore, very solid every week. And so I think that you want to see more consistency uh, out of them week to week. The, the win against Homestead is a major turning point, I think, in seeing that when Jimmy Sullivan throws for 235 and runs for 200, uh, you had other guys that were available on the ground. Uh, the pass catching was very nice. They looked like a well-oiled machine, and I think we kind of got a little spoiled last season because they always looked like that, uh, and they haven't been able to pick up with that kind of consistency so far this year. Dan, looking over at the big game in the NEA, it seems like we talk about that every single week in that league. Every week there seems to be a big game, and the big one this week is undefeated New Haven going to Kendallville to take on East Noble. I don't think anybody thought that East Noble was going to do what they did to Columbia City last week, a 35 to nothing blanking of the Eagles at Columbia City. Now East Noble comes back. They're home. They're taking on the favorite right now in the in in the NE8 to win the the league championship, and they have a chance to hand the Bulldogs their first loss of the season. How do you break this one down coming up in a big one in Kendallville? I really think uh, the key here is something that New Haven's been so great at, and I'm talking to two games that you were at, Justin at Leo, home against Columbia City. New Haven's been very good, and even when things start tilting the wrong way, they've been able to reel it in. Uh, there hasn't been a downward spiral, uh, and they've been able to win close games. 
game against Columbia City, 21-7 final, but you know, you were there, you know it was so much closer than that. Columbia City was about midfield driving for a possible game-winning touchdown. It was a close game. New Haven's been able to escape those games. Um, maybe some luck involved, but you know, some really good work from that group as well. If East Noble drags them into those trenches, can they pull themselves out a third time? I think that's really the intriguing uh, thought of this game is East Noble is a team that could really drag you down there in a 14-14 slug it out type of game. East Noble is possibly a team that can score a lot of points like you did against Leo and slug it out that way. If you're in that game again, if you're New Haven, can you do it a third time? Well, you bring up an interesting point. East Noble was a team that only lost to Leo 14-7. to They were able to really limit that offense that New Haven had trouble slowing down. So I think the uglier this game uh, that, that East Noble can make it, I think the better chance they have to win and, and knock off the Bulldogs tomorrow. Yeah, put it put it on the ground and, and grind it out, whether that's with Tyson Reinbold, whether Xander Brazel's run the ball. They can do a lot of really good things to – uh, bend other teams to the will. It's something that East Noble teams under Luke Amstutz have been able to do really well for years is make you play the way they want to play. Uh, and if East Noble can do that, yeah, it could be a long night for New Haven and, and a very tiring one. Before we get to the big one in the ACAC, I wanted to ask you about Heritage because they continue to get no respect in Class 3A. Their only losses to Adams Central. Yeah, it was lopsided, but everybody's taking L's to AC around here, especially in the league. And are, are, especially after last week, knocking off number one Bluffton and, and, and how they did it, a tremendous job by Casey Colkman and that program. Now 6-1, and one, they go to Southern Wells and Jay County to close out the regular season. We look at this Heritage team, and it seems like they're getting no respect. They haven't won a sectional championship in over a decade. You look at sectional 27 and who's in there with them. It's a very winnable sectional, in my opinion. Are, are we undervaluing just how good the Heritage Patriots are? Um, I think that there's some some uh, under undervaluating them on a certain level. Uh, you and I both know how good they are. I've seen them in person this year, and even in that game that I saw, which was the Adam Central loss, they still looked really good in areas. There were areas where they were able to, kind of like we talked about East Noble, able to make the other team play exactly how they want to. And you know, when you look at their scores throughout the year, with the exception of of a couple. You know, especially when you look at these last couple of weeks, they've been close. And so, sadly, when you look at other parts of the state and you're looking at those polls from coaches or media, uh, you may not get as much credit for beating the 2A team, number one team, because it was only 27-21, and you're 3A and you should beat 2A. So, uh, you know, those polls, a lot of people vote on different stuff. And I think that Heritage has the potential to be a team that come the postseason. Speaking of teams nobody wants to see, Adam Central, they go to Bluffton tomorrow. Takes a little shine out of this showdown with Bluffton losing last week. But what do the Tigers need to do to keep this one close against the Flying Jets? I think they just need to play their game. You know, one of the things that I noticed uh, when I was at Heritage or Adam Central to play Heritage was that their sideline, that their captains were just trying to pump the team up. Hey, we knew what we were getting into. That's what they were saying over and over again. And I don't know that Heritage was able to get out of that downward spiral. So if you're Bluffton, man, they come out and Jack Hamilton runs for 45 yards for a touchdown on the first play of the game. How do you react to that? Can you get your back into your, you know, yourselves and your game? Because this Adam Central game, even if it's a loss, Bluffton wants to come in and get better for the postseason. So you've got to be able to just kind of drag yourself out of the trenches that 
Adam Central seems to dig for people. Wanted to hit you with this debate because it came up earlier this week. Georgia, the state of Georgia, is going to a specific class for some of its lower tier uh, parochial and private schools. And that's been brought up. It's always a hot topic around the state of Indiana. In your opinion, do you feel that that is needed or warranted in the state of Indiana? You know, it, it, it is tough because we've seen uh, the good and the bad of it. When you look at the last three trips to the state finals for our 1A teams in Adams Central and South Adams, and you run into that against teams that easily could be playing uh, on, on a higher or a different class, however you want to put it. But the area also benefits from it. Blackhawk Christians benefited from it uh, in boys' basketball. So I don't really wouldn't want to see it. Um, you know, I think the class system we have has some faults, but overall, um, I think it would take a little intrigue uh, out of it, and then maybe you have yourself in a SAC football type of situation. Well, I won the public school state title, but is it better than winning the private school state title? You know, so you, you also don't want to see that situation where there's a questionable state champion. So to me, I would I would leave it how it is. Do you feel that that of the two, football and basketball, if you would make an argument, it makes more sense in football, or do you see the issues on the basketball side as well? I don't think you see it as consistently as the football side, but I think that when, when it happens, you see it, you know, pretty strong on the basketball side. And you can look back at those Blackhawk Christian State Championship teams when you have Caleb First and Frankie Davidson and, and the group they had. It's hard to match up to. So uh, you see it just as strongly in basketball, but I think you see it more often in football. All right, Dan, before we let you go, the sectional draw coming up on Sunday. Anything you're keeping an eye on in terms of, of how the ping pong balls bounce on Sunday? Well, we, you know, as always, Justin, we always just hope that we don't have um, the what we think should be the championship game uh, week one. Uh, it's always... It's not as bad as basketball where you're playing that on Tuesday night, but you still don't want it. Um, obviously, Class 4A Sectional 19 uh, to me is incredibly interesting. New Haven, East Noble, Leo that we've all just talked about. Uh, you throw a Wayne team in there, and how can a team that's in the middle of the pack of the SAC perform against these any eight schools? Uh, we'd love to see Wayne against them. Dwanger's now in that sectional, uh, and I think the Calvin and Gola stay uh, even though Owen Cole sits at 0-7, dangerous team. So I think that's just a really loaded sectional and probably the most interesting one. All right, Dan, always a pleasure. Appreciate you. We'll catch up to you next week. Uh, thanks, man. That was Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Going to take a break. Coach Kyle Lindsay, Bishop Lures Knights, will join us after the break here on a Thursday evening, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Service's loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmire is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy 
Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, fieldhouse.com. Your home is probably your favorite place and probably one of your biggest investments. So why should you as a homeowner consider an insulation upgrade? Most homes are under-insulated. Why is that a problem? Poor insulation allows heat in your attic to get into your home and cost you more to stay cool. It's time you discover Koala Insulation, simply one of the smartest home improvement projects you can do. So go online and book your appointment for a free insulation evaluation. Online at koalainsulation.com. This is the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. Week 8 edition of the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Thanks for tuning in tonight. After the show, about 7.30 pregame show tonight for... Thursday night football, Chicago Bears, Washington Commanders. If you're a glutton for punishment, you can listen to that one here, 13 and 8, 1380, 100.9 FM. We're talking some conference championship clinching games tomorrow, potentially. And one of those is on the south side of town at Lures Field when Southside comes in to take on Bishop Lures. Lures with a win will clinch at least a share of the SAC championship to talk all about that and more. Coach Kyle Lindsay of the Knights. Evening, Coach. Evening, Justin. Thanks for having me. And I'm sure, Coach, after the first two weeks of the season, you said to yourself, yes, and week eight, we're going to be in a position to clinch at least a share of the SAC. I'm sure that's what you were telling yourself. Oh, well, of course. Uh, <laughs> that was the, the plan the whole time. Get the, uh, get the ugly stuff out of the way early and uh, start playing some football and in the conference. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, take us through those first two weeks and then how this team has been able to move past it. I've talked to other coaches said that that was the best thing for us and, and, and guys that and teams that took losses. Was it the best thing for you guys to go through weeks one and two? Uh, you know, looking back at it, uh, they may very well have been. Obviously, um, you want to be on the, uh, the winning side of uh, some early season games, but I think with a, a young team, um, a lot of kids with first-year varsity um, uh, Friday night time, um, you know, seeing, first of all, seeing how two very good teams and programs um, operate and um, watching them uh, just through pregame and uh, watching them uh, execute, you know, on, on both sides of the ball and in special teams, um, it opened our eyes to what we need to work on um, as a team. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of kids, uh, they talk, they're so excited to get out there for the first time on Friday nights. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, with that comes a lot of uh, not just expectations, but uh, maybe a, a bit of overconfidence. Um, you know, I think we were humbled, uh, quite frankly. Uh, we were humbled in, in week one, I think, uh, after East Noble took it to us. Uh, the kids, uh, they really re responded on the practice field the following week, and uh, we told the kids, you know, after the New Haven game, um, who's undefeated right now and playing for a conference championship themselves, uh, you know, the uh, we just 
kind of collectively looked at it and said, hey, we've got to do, uh, we got to get better um, on the practice field. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's uh, been the mentality of this team every week. Um, you know, after two losses, after um, five consecutive wins, uh, we've just gotten better each week um, in our approach to practice, our approach in the film room, in the weight room. I know it sounds cliche, but uh, these kids are, they had to learn how to, uh, respond to adversity together, how to compete together, and ultimately they had to learn how to win. Um, and uh, long-winded answer, I think, uh, you know, being humbled in, in the first two weeks of the season, they couldn't have, uh, couldn't have taken losses like that at a better time, um, quite frankly. Coach, for a young team, it's been really impressive how you've been able to close out close games. At Wayne was close. At Northside a couple weeks ago. Of course, last week at home against Bishop DeWenger. What's been the difference for your young squad to be able to make the plays down the stretch in clutch moments to pull out wins? Um, I think just a, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball, um, on defensively and offensively, you know, uh, we, we talked about it all summer. Uh, you know, the games are going to be won um, in the fourth quarter uh, behind strong championship-level defense and a run game. And, uh, you know, our defense has responded uh, time and time again uh, throughout the season. Um, you know, school board didn't show it, but, uh, you know, the East, East Noble game, for example, you know, we played uh, a half of really good football on, on defense. Uh, we just – we had no offense. Um and I, we just got worn down. Uh, and then, you know, week two, uh, we didn't – our goal was not to give up uh, the big play. Uh, you obviously know about Mylon Graham and uh, that explosive offense in New Haven. Uh, we we didn't <laughs> – we did give up a couple big plays that night uh, that gave them um, some breathing room um, throughout the game. But, um, you know, we've, uh, we've just collectively – we've gotten better um, on both sides of the ball and – uh, the kids, I think, once we got a win under our belt, um, and then I, it was really the New Haven game, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the Wayne game. Um, I think the seven-and-a-half, eight-minute drive, uh, we got a stop on defense up by three, um, and then we drove uh, for eight minutes every uh, every play, but one or two was on the ground of a 16-play drive, eight minutes um, uh, to, to clinch that win. Uh, I think that was a huge... Uh, shot in the arm uh, of confidence and hey you know what this uh, this approach to being able to run the ball uh, we haven't run the ball all that well uh, when you look at numbers uh, not a, not a, not well at all uh, quite frankly but we've stuck to it um, and I think the, the offensive line uh, the running backs um, you know when they when they know that we are committed to running the ball um, and, you know, you may not be able to run the ball for three quarters, but if you can run that ball in the fourth quarter and you can play defense and get stops um, and you're in a ball game, you're going to have a chance to win games. So uh, I think that approach, uh, the kids uh, at the Wayne, after the Wayne game, I think they realized that that approach um, can lead to some, some success. And, uh, you know, we've battled adversity. You know, leadership has stepped up um, top to bottom, um, start with the senior class and, trickling down um, into these uh, underclassmen. Um, you know, we're just, it's just night and day uh, where we're at in that leadership regard uh, from beginning of the season to where we're at right now. Uh, we've got a, a lot of adversity in those three um, close wins, and uh, to be able to pull them out late behind some strong defense, some, you know, some breaks have fallen our way for sure, 
Um, and then, you know, each each of these games we've, we've made stops and we've absolutely had to make stops or force a fumble. Uh, like like at, uh, with the Langer last week uh, with our backs to the wall, uh, time running out, uh, force a fumble on third down to give us a chance in overtime. And then uh, to be able to punch it in, um, you know, do or die on the one-and-a-half-yard line and be able to punch it in um, right up the gut behind, uh, you know, our, one of the biggest linemen in the city and one of the toughest dudes in the city, Mickey Daring. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a special moment. But uh wouldn't happen without the leadership and the, the kids just getting after it each week and wanting to get better. Take us through the decision, Coach. Last week you score the touchdown. You're a point down in overtime. You decide for, to go for two. Didn't seem like any hesitation for you guys. Get the defensive pass interference call that moves it up to the one and a half. And then, as you said, Mickey Daring plunges it in for the touchdown. Take us through the process of deciding to go for two. Was that something in your mind, even if you guys scored? Was it a more of a spur-of-the-moment thing? Did you ask the players? How did the, that come about? It was, uh, in all honesty, it was something I thought about the day of uh, last <laughs> Friday. I thought, <laughs> really, in hindsight, I was like, man, we didn't work on any two-point plays. Uh, it comes down to this, um, you know, on my end, um, making that call, it's going to have to be a kind of a spur of the moment, get a, a feel for how the game was going. And our defense was just, they played their absolute butts off for 48 minutes and then some. Um, and then I think when they, so they controlled the ball for probably 20. Two big play, big strikes um, in, the, in the air um, to give us the lead. Um, but other than that, I think we had two, three and outs. So I think we had a total of maybe nine, ten plays in that second half. So our defense just lived on that field, just you know, playing as gritty. And when they came off the field, um, you know, at there at the end of regulation, uh, we looked like a team that just been through battle. Uh, and quite frankly, wasn't sure how long we were going to hold up um, on the play defense. I knew then and there that you know, if it came down to put this game away because I'm not sure how many stops we as gritty and as tough as we are on that defensive side of the ball uh, will we have a, a bit more senior leadership um, senior playmakers on the defensive line uh, we just we played our butts off and I'm not sure how much else we had to give uh, you know physically speaking uh, our hearts were there I'm not sure I just wasn't sure if we were gonna be able to come up with stops uh, if, when needed so um, yeah when they kicked the extra point and then uh, we scored a touchdown. We had to blow a timeout. Um, I'm not sure if we had to, but I decided to call a timeout after the first down play. I uh, didn't have a whole lot of time to think about it, but I kind of made my mind up uh, after that coin toss. Say, hey, we're going to put this game away. Um, you know, we're we're just going to lay it on the line, let the seniors, um, you know, win a ball game or lose a ball game. Um, so, uh, the, you know, the first play uh, that we got pass interference on was. Uh, senior quarterback, Cohen, uh, so he had you know, really two options. Throw the ball, if you got a one-on-one, throw the ball up to Isaac Zay and let him use his big body and that uh, advantage we had that out there on the edge. Um, if we kept the ball in play, we felt he was going to come down with it. Um, you know, more or less got tackled as he was trying to go up. And then, you know, we got the ball on the one-and-a-half-yard line. It was, hey, I don't see anybody um, in, in town stopping Mickey Daring with one-and-a-half <laughs> yards. Uh, and a chance to win the battle of the bishops. Uh, so we rode the we rode the seniors there in the in the overtime, um, and I'm just glad that that we pulled it out and they got to experience that the joy um, that comes along with winning those 
one of those big games. Coach, I wanted to ask you about your senior quarterback, Cohen McKenzie, and, and I saw him in week one, and he just looked like a guy that was making his first varsity start, which he, which he was as a senior. And even in that battle of the Bishops game, struggled early on with accuracy, but then in the second half, he was he was electric. Even the second half, or excuse me, the second quarter, that drag to Geo for a touchdown early in the third quarter, and then just a perfectly thrown ball to Jalen White deep for a long touchdown late in that third quarter was huge. And you're just seeing him grow up throughout the season, and even you saw it during the Battle of the Bishops as well after shaking off some early inaccuracy issues. How key has the development been this season of Cohen McKenzie for this 5-0 and start in the SAC? No, oh, it's been crucial. You know, without growth, uh, you know, emotionally and mentally, uh, we're not in this position that we're in right now. Uh, you know, he's every one of these close games, um, he's made big plays um, in some really pressure-packed moments. You know, going back to uh, to Northside um, two weeks ago where, uh, you know, we had fourth, fourth and six, a uh, game on the line with three and a half minutes left. Um, we need to, to move the chains, and, you know, he, uh, he bought some time, scrambled out, and found senior tight end Wes Javens down the sideline for a big game to get us in, uh, first and goal, and then, uh, you know, third and goal from the six-yard line. We got two plays to, uh, to take a lead uh, and to win a ball game, and uh, Cohen's uh, his number one uh, was gone. They got some pressure. He used his athleticism. Uh, it's a lot less thinking, a lot more reacting, and uh, – trusting his instincts and he was able to punch it in um so those are there's some big moments that we've had throughout the uh throughout the season uh, particularly in these three close games in city so far that uh you know Coyne has just uh shown how how much he's grown uh, again from an emotional and mental standpoint and uh the kids have uh 100 percent uh trust in, in Cohen to make plays in these moments and that's you know that's uh that's special, and that's that's something that can lead to a, a special run uh, down the line. Kyle Lindsay, head coach of the Bishop Lures Knights, joining us here. And coach, you get Southside tomorrow night. Two weeks ago, they got their first win of the season. They battled Northside tough last week in the totem pole game, and now they make the short jaunt down Calhoun to take you guys on tomorrow. What do you guys need to do to be prepared for the Archers tomorrow? You know, we need to, we've been stressing all week, we need to uh, prepare for them uh, like it is a championship game, like they're a championship opponent. And, uh, you know, this is a rivalry. Uh, we've had to, uh, revisiting history and uh, remind the kids that, hey, this is uh, the very first uh, game Bishop Lewis football played in 1960 uh, was with Southside. And uh, this is our longest standing rivalry. It's one of the longest in the city. Um, you know, again, it's a senior night uh, tomorrow. Um, a chance for the seniors to go out and clinch a share of a title um, on their home field. Um, there's a lot to play for, and uh, you know, you gotta every week you gotta you know respect your opponent. You gotta expect to get the, the your their best shot. Um, and the more you win, the bigger that bullseye in your back becomes. So uh, that's been our focus this week: is uh, you know treat them as if they were a Bishop Dwanger Northside. Um, now, from a muscle standpoint, that's, in all honesty, it's tough. It's been a grind, but, um, you know, I think ultimately we left uh, practice a little bit ago and uh, the kids were, were pretty amped up, and uh, I think they're, they're believing in, um, you know, what the, the coaching staff has, um, has to say, and uh, they had a pretty good week and, you know, just excited uh, to watch the kids go out and battle again and 
uh, give everything they had, watch how the seniors respond to uh, an emotional night. Senior night's always an emotional night at, at, emotional night at Lewis Field. So uh, they put in the work, and I just decided to see, you know, how they come out tomorrow and what kind of energy we've got. Coach, I appreciate the time. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks for joining us after practice. I know you got a lot to do between now and tomorrow night. So appreciate the time. Good luck tomorrow night against the Archers. You bet, Justin. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. That was Coach Kyle Lindsay, Bishop Lures Knights, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show, presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Going to take a break. Come back. We'll break down some of the potential matchups in maybe sectionals because we have the sectional draw coming up on Sunday. We'll talk about that when we come back. Also, the SAC and whether you like or don't like the situation in which Bishop Lures doesn't have to play everybody. We'll talk about that. And also Kyle Boer, head coach of the new New Haven Bulldogs, will join us a little bit later. All that and more between now and 7 o'clock here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Do you know what makes you so special? You're unique. Your personality, style, and your likes and dislikes. That's why Blade Man's Knife Shop is your knife shop. You need a knife as unique as you are. And Blade Man's has a huge in-stock inventory to connect you with the knife that will seem like it was custom made just for you. Hi, this is Mark, the owner of Blade Man's Knife Shop. And I'd like to personally invite you out to the store to see the area's best selection of quality knives. We have Benchmade, Spyderco, Microtech, Protech, Hogue, Zero Tolerance, Medford Knife and Tool, ADV Tactical, Tour Knives, and many more. We also have a great selection of custom knives. Prefer to shop online? Check out our great selection on BladeManSKnifeShot.com. We pride ourselves on fast shipping. So check us out on BladeManSKnifeShot.com or stop by the store in the shops of Scout Road and have a cup of coffee on me. Be in the know and follow BladeMans on Facebook and Instagram today. And BladeMans offers a 10% discount for police and military. Check out the collection of Shun Knives, the finest in kitchen cutlery, plus get in-store services including blade sharpening. BladeMans Knife Shop on Illinois Road in the shops of Scott Road. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Services' loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Fieldhouse. You are listening to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the High School Coaches Show. My name is Justin Kenny here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school football. Thanks to Coach Kyle Lindsay. Before the break, talking some Bishop Lewers football and the talk of the town, at least in terms of the SAC, this week has been the fact that Bishop Lewers, at 5-0 in the SAC, is in position to win at least a share of its first SAC title since 2021. So effectively, they're second in three years. But with wins tomorrow night over Southside and next Friday night over Homestead, 
The Bishop Lewis Knights will win their first outright SAC championship since the 2011 season in which the Knights went 14-0 and won a state championship. The first, uh, or the, excuse me, the second of four straight for the Lures Knights between 2009 and 2012. Of course, the heyday of Jalen Smith. That 2011 season, by the way, uh, and the 2012 season, excuse me, the last time the Bishop Lures Knights won a state championship. Got to state in 2020, lost, of course, by that single point to Western Boone. But looking at the SAC, and I know there are some people, mainly Snyder and Carroll people, okay, and I get their beef that neither one of them play Bishop Lures. And I think it's fair to say, I think majority of people that follow SAC football can agree that Snyder and Carroll are the best two teams. Yes, I know Homestead beat Snyder. When Homestead is on its game, which it was in week six, it can beat Snyder. It can beat Carroll, but it's not consistent. And that's been the entire year for Homestead. First week, they lose by seven at Carmel. You're like, oh, wow, Homestead, okay. Great showing. It's a team that's usually stomped them. Week after, they go to Noblesville, lose by 42. Then they beat up on Wayne. Wow. Great win. Wayne's pretty solid. Lose to Dwanger. Blow a big lead. Then they beat Snyder. Oh, wow. Look at Homestead. Then they lose by 21 to Carroll. You don't know what you're getting from Homestead. It's basically what we're saying. I don't even think Coach Kiazoma knows what he's getting from his team. Friday in, Friday out. But the fact of the matter is, Snyder and Carroll are the most consistent teams in the SAC. They're the best teams in the SAC. Bishop Lures doesn't have to play either one of them. The new format, of course, non-conference games, weeks one and two, followed by seven SAC games. So people will say, well, that's not fair. Well, you also wanted non-conference games, and you got them. People are saying, well, why don't you have a championship game or championship week, week nine? In theory, that sounds good. Number one team in the A division plays number one in the B division. Two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five. One problem is the chance for rematches. Okay, I, I, I get it. I, I can live with rematches if we actually have a champion. But take this. Let's play the what-if game here. Let's take Bishop DeWanger and Wayne, for example. Same sectional. Sectional 19. They play in the regular season. Let's say they play in the regular season, one of the cross-division games. They're in different divisions. Then what if they both win their divisions? Then they'd play in week nine for a second time. And then they're in the same sectional. They could play a third time. Conceivably, they could th play three of ten games against each other. That isn't ideal. So that's why you don't have a championship week. Should they? Maybe. Do you go with the NECC and just crown two division champions? And then people are like, well... Then you have the, the victory bell. Who does that? Well, you share it. But for right now, that's kind of where we're at in the SAC. But whether you agree or disagree, let us know uh, on text line 46862. We're going to take a break, come back. 
Coach Kyle Buer, New Haven Bulldogs, will join us after the break. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show here at 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Everyone's heard the saying that when one door closes, another one opens. Well, if it's time to get rid of those old, ugly shower doors, then let City Glass Specialty open the door of endless possibilities to help beautify your bathroom. We can custom cut and install all types of framed or frameless shower doors. Choose from a variety of styles, including clear, obscure, or frosted. Plus, we also offer custom etch designs. Want your shower doors looking new for even longer? Does preventing hard water stains and reduced cleaning time sound good? If so, you'll be glad to know that the experts at City Glass Specialty can also provide a protective coating for your shower doors that does all that and more. For new shower doors, call the specialists. Call City Glass Specialty at 260-744-3301 or visit cityglassspecialty.com. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Services' loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse, a great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. Ball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer, the Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at Hoopy Fieldhouse. Dot com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Fieldhouse.com. New ATV, new personal watercraft, new stand-up mower, new batch of mulch and bricks for that landscaping project, new boat, new motorcycles for you and the wife, lots of new toys, and lots of new tools for those projects you're planning. Now, how are you going to get it where it needs to go? The lake, the house, back and forth, here to there. Sounds like you need a trailer from I-69 Trailer Center. Get one with 100% financing with zero down, backed by the absolute best service, right under the water tower, right off the interstate, just like the name says, I-69 Trailer Center. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA health care facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. Welcome back to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. I'm Justin Kenny. Here till the top of the hour, we'll give way to National Fox Sports for a half hour, and then we will take you into Thursday night football, the pregame show between the Chicago Bears and Washington Commanders. Kickoff will after 8.15 tonight. We'll see if the Bears can get win number one against the Commanders this evening. But between then and now, we're talking high school football and talking undefeated high school football with New Haven Bulldogs head coach Kyle Boer. Evening, coach. Good evening. Coach, I appreciate you jumping on with us and... Um, 
You got a big one coming up tomorrow night. Before we talk about that, kind of wanted to look back a little bit and and over the course of this season, some big wins, some big moments for this team. The the job isn't done, and I'm sure that's been the message to your guys this week. Oh, absolutely, that's been the message. Um, you know, our whole message this week or this year has been, you know, getting better than the week we the, we were, who we were the week before. You know, we came out with some big. Um, wins early in the SAC, you know, against Lures and some teams that are, you know, hot now. And then, you know, moving into a great game against Leo and Columbia City. And, and all those games, you know, they've added up to the players doing a lot of good things. And we, you know, just keep working on getting better. And we're, we're not done and, and until, until, we, until we have to be. How is it measuring – I just talked to Coach uh, Kyle Lindsay because he's kind of in the same boat with can clinch a share of the conference tomorrow night. How do you keep the the guys excited about what's going, but also focused on the next game, the task at hand? Yeah, that's a great thing. It's a tough balancing act. Um, you know, when you have different levels of competition week in and week out. Uh, so, like I said, we just really focus on ways to, that we can get better each week and ways that our guys can continue to improve. Um, and so there's always something that we need to get better at. And, you know, sometimes as the coaches, we, we work on – um, things that we're doing sometimes it's more to the player stuff but every week as a team we come out as a unit figuring out ways to get better and and that's really just been the entire message is get better every week coach i know for a lot of people the conversation starts with the offense and Mylon graham but i wanted to ask you about the defense because it has a lot of seniors that are stepping up big for you whether it's james hardy the fourth uh whether it's connor clark it's corin harris chris stewart um, Alex Hofer, I mean, Trey Bates, there's a lot of guys that are seniors that are really leading this group, and they've come up with some big plays over the course of the season. How big has that defense been for this team's 7-0 and start? Oh, they've been awesome. I mean, I think that's, like you said, they get overshadowed by the offense because the offense has some you know, big names and guys out there, but all those guys you mentioned are, are just get after it, and that's why they're all on the field is, as they run to the ball, they make sure they get where they're going. And, and, you know, that's the thing. You said a bunch of different guys' names because one week, you know, Hardy has two sacks and, you know, five tackles in the backfield. And then the next week it's Alex and Chris. And then the next week it's, you know, somebody else doing something. And they, But it's because, you know, you're worried about one of the guys that had a good job, had a good game the week before, and they forget about the other guys. And everybody's working their butts off all week to get, you know, get after it and do what they need to do that. I mean, the defense has, you know, really kept us in of several games, uh, especially that Columbia city game was a huge one for them. And then, uh, you know, early or later on, <clears throat> on a couple of those early games that put the offense and everybody in a good spot when, when teams, you know, weren't able to move the ball. So they, I mean, they're really, really have been a huge un- overshadowed uh, group for us. And that's secondary, too. When you look at Trey back there and you look at a Johnny Washington that's been good for you, uh, Malik Farrow uh, mentioned Harris, and and it's been a good group at the back end, which has been very important, and it's going to be important, too, for the rest of this season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the back end, we've got several guys with a couple different interceptions. But again, you know, we, we haven't given up, you know, lots of big plays, lots of big um, chances for them to just throw the ball all over us, so... Those guys have done a great job, and they they all play the run well as <clears throat> run well too. So, you know, they they're a big part of our defense. It takes all eleven guys, and they all need to be at the ball every snap, and that's kind of their goal 
Um, but, you know, again, we're going to see more teams that are capable like this week. They can throw the ball as well as run it. And they're known for running. They're going to throw the ball. So everybody's got to be ready to go. Kyle Boer, head coach of the New Haven Bulldogs here, joining us on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Coach, wanted to ask you about your senior quarterback, Donovan Williams. One of the things on him after last year was just the inability to make good decisions at key times with the football. And he's been able to do that this season. What have you seen with the growth in the offseason and now with Donovan as a senior that's really allowed him to be one of your more dynamic players and a guy that's really been able to protect the ball for the most part? Oh, I mean, that's he's been instrumental in doing it. Our offense runs through him. He's got to be able to get the ball to the right guy. So much of what we do, you know, gets the ball to different guys. We've got... You know, our top two receivers are, you know, a few yards apart from being the most yards on the team. There's everybody. They've got several touchdowns. A couple of the other guys do. He has to get the ball to the right guys there. We have to get the ball to the right guys in the run game. And so his job is, is really important. But like you said, he, he gets it to the right spot, and he knows where it is. And if you ask him, hey, why did you make this decision, he'll give you the answer you want to hear. And one of the games was just awesome. Um, we had some checks in, some audibles that he would call, and the the quarterback coaches up in the box saying, "Hey, this should be this based on our read, or you know what we see." And then you'd see the play just get changed and executed exactly like he said. He said, "You know, we're, this should be the call." And it, the quarterback just was in the same mind. He's just like another coach out there right now, and I think it <clears throat> shows with his, you know, his turnovers. I think last year he probably had eight to twelve interceptions. This time, and now he's down to four. Um, you know, has tons of yards through the air and lots of, uh, I think, 17 touchdowns. I mean, that's been a huge plus for us, moving the ball and doing those things. And like you said before, sometimes he just kind of made random plays. But now, you know, like I said, he's, he's studied the game. He's learned, you know, a lot more about the game. He does his fundamentals consistently. So he's, he's in a good position to keep leading us and, and lead things the right way. Biggest game of the night, arguably in the area, coming up tomorrow night, Coach. You go to Kendallville to take on the East Noble Knights. Not only a big challenge uh, for this game, but also a potential sexual opponent. But in terms of, of what you guys need to do tomorrow night against the Knights, what is it? Uh, we need to play good football everywhere. Um, that's one thing. They're a complete team. They, they, you know, they are traditionally, they have better special teams than most people which a lot of people always forget about and don't talk about. So that's one of the things we've got to make sure we're short of because um, we haven't always been consistent there. But, you know, offensively, they've got three backs. They rotate in and they just run, 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 run and move the ball. And then when you're, you know, trying to stop their big rushing attack, they'll throw it over the top. So we got to be disciplined, make sure we know our reads on defense and then be aggressive and not let them just chew the clock away, running the ball all night. <clears throat> And then defense or offensively, you know, we got to find ways to take advantage of what they give us. They can't, uh, you know, as a defense, you can't cover the entire field all the time. And so we've got to find ways to make sure we get the ball where we need to, get the ball to our playmakers and let them do some things in space and, and get, get, out, get down the field quickly. Coach, sectional draw coming up on Sunday. How glued are you to what will be a very difficult sectional but, of course, big, uh, some important things to handle the next two weeks. So how much will you be locked into Sunday? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be there. The guys have always asked for a, a sectional watch party. So with the IHSA, we kind of do get on board with that and watch all those. 
Um, and so we have lots of good, you know, camaraderie there. And we all watch the whole um, at least 4A section and check out all the other groups. But um, we'll be locked in. And like you said, I think we have one of the toughest sectionals for sure in the north, the top, the, you know, 17 through 20. We, they're all, we, I think 19 is just, it's, it's, it's a grinder right there. Yeah, I don't know where you start. You got Wayne, you got Leo, you got East Noble, you got DeWanger, I mean, DeKalb. I mean, uh, it's it's loaded. And and for you guys, I'm sure that's hopefully the last thing on your mind, at least heading into tomorrow. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's down in there. You know, you got to have um, be able to watch it and know who your opponent is later. But like you said, that's, that's two weeks down the road. So this week we're preparing for the Knights, and we'll be ready to go. All right, Coach. Well, hey, appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Good luck tomorrow night. And a big one is you guys try to go 8-0 and on the year. Hey, thanks. We'll, we'll see you around. That was Coach Kyle Boer of the New Haven Bulldogs joining us here. His team 7-0 and on the season heading into tomorrow night's big showdown with the East Noble Knights up in Kendallville. That will be the 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM game of the week. You can hear Brett Rump, Shannon Griffith on the call. Starting at 7 o'clock, around about 6.50 tomorrow. But we'll kick it off with the Sports Rush, 4 to 6 o'clock. And then the Parkview Sports Medicine High School Football Tailgate pregame show from 6 to around 6.45-ish or so before we make way for the big one, New Haven and East Noble. That's going to do it for us here on the high school coaches show and appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thanks a lot to Dan Vance outside net joining us to kick off the show. Coach Kyle Lindsay of the Bishop Lures Knights jumping on board his team taking on Southside tomorrow night. We'll try to wrap up at least a share of the SAC championship, at least a piece of the bell tomorrow night against the archers and then the new Haven Bulldogs. They themselves trying to wrap up at least a share of the NEA championship tomorrow. Remember, the SAC, we break ties if we can. The NEA, the ACAC, the NECC do not break ties. So if you have two teams that are tied atop the league in the NEA or ACAC, for example, even if those two teams have played and one team absolutely thumped the other, they won't break the tie. The championship will be shared. So that's why New Haven can clinch tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for listening for us. We'll be back next week. We'll talk week nine. We'll talk what's on the line for week nine. And we'll also take a look at the sectional draw and what to expect two weeks. Wow. Two weeks from tomorrow night as the sectionals get started throughout the state of Indiana. I'm Justin Kenny. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next Thursday. This has been... The High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Thanks for listening to the Hoopy. Scheduled program. What if you went to your secret hiding place and found just a phone number? 1-800. Before drugs take their toll on you and your family, make the call. For help with drug use, call 1-800-662-HELP for free and confidential information and treatment referral. Or go to samhsa.gov slash know the risks.
New message. Cannot contact us. Your account will be deactivated. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information. In those cases, hang up and call the fraud hotline at 1-800-269-0271. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project. So before you do this or this, make sure you do. Podcasts by Federated Media.